Hi, welcome to the Sacred You podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Ahu heia valea noi e kahaliku puakukui kuhia ho kaunaia akapu kumoni nei pikui kahima no ikahapili. Today we have a special episode for all of you Violet Flame lovers out there. We're talking to Kieran Morgan who is an earth keeper for the Violet Flame Chakra in the UK. Now I've known Kieran for many, many years and he's a healer, teacher, galactic alchemist and brother of dragons. And we were going to talk about the dragons today, but we got so happily embroiled in the Violet Flame stories, we didn't get onto that. So Kieran has agreed to come back later on in the year and regale us with his stories of the dragons. Now, Kieran says his roots are planted in the old ways with a deep love of Mother Earth, elementals and magic. His head is in the stars, working with the Ascended Masters, angels and his beloved dragon collective, all under the guidance of Master Merlin, his father in spirit. So here you are. Here's today's offering. May you enjoy And we'd love you to come over and drop a comment on the Sacred You podcast Facebook page or on my Instagram page, rachelgoodwin.dk. Tell us what you thought about the show today. Any thoughts that you have. But enjoy. Enjoy today's show. So welcome everyone to another episode of Sacred You. And today we have here with us the lovely Kieran Morgan. Hi, Kieran. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? Are you okay? Yes, yes. It's Good. it's um spring is coming here in Denmark. Is it? Yes. We've had the whole of February has been like minus temperatures and the last few days we've suddenly gone into I think it might actually be above ten degrees today, which is really exciting. Awesome. Yeah, we uh, in the, the garden here the first um flowers that have flowered are little crocuses, so it's lovely to see little little violet crocuses poking their heads up yeah we had lots of snow and cold weather here as well and then it um the weather broke so it went from minus three degrees to about plus six overnight and everything all the snow melted and everything has just woken up it's, it's lovely yeah 
It is really, really nice. And um, it's lovely to have you here today. I haven't seen me and Kieran. We know each other from many years ago. We won't say we won't we won't think about how many because we just look at our grayness and sort of we don't want to think about that. <laughs> Fair enough. When my beard was only you know just down below my chin rather than <laughs> hit my chest like it is now. But today we're going to be talking to Kieran about dragons and about violet flame and anything else that comes up. Where do you want to be, start? It could be anything. Um, I'm not sure really. I think. Uh, if we talk about the the violet flame and the leith hill then that'd be a nice place to start and we can we can go into the segue about everything else i'm sure that there'll be uh, a plethora of of uh, bizarre stories to tell i do like telling stories so you'll have to drag me back onto track because i tend to get lost in telling stories and um, my inner geek comes out because i'm a, a a film buff and a comic book fan and tv so i apologize in advance if i make too many references to 1980s popular culture and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and stuff like that, but it's um, it's just part part of who I am, part of the rich tapestry of lunacy, which is me. Starting with Leaf Hill, that's a that's a great place to start, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to interview you was to talk about this because a lot of our audience won't have heard of this before, and I think they should. I think it's quite exciting. So, do you want to give a little explanation of what it's all about? Yeah, sure. So, um. I I work very much with with dragons as you know I've got my brother dragons uh, t-shirt on because I am an advocate for the dragon collective but I'm also very much connected with working with the violet flame and different aspects of that um Saint Germain has been, been a very close uh, working with me my uh, energetic patron is the merlin the spirit of the merlin who sits sort of over here um was bringing my ear or uh, more regularly um, he used to regularly beat me about the head with his staff for not doing the saying the right thing, but we've come to a less uh, aggressive agreement now. Um, Saint Germain was one of my um, very close uh, energies that I worked with when I first got on the path twenty uh, odd years ago, um, and a few years back. So I was I was doing going through the timeline of, of of what occurred and when it occurred, and it was a real shock to me that it was twenty thirteen um, when the energy of the violet flame was sort of initially grounded on earth. Ed uh, Courtney um, was doing a workshop in Yule, which is uh, south, uh, sort of southeast London, uh, just outside London, uh, about St. Germain and the Violet Flame, 80 or 90 people there. It was a big day, big energy. And uh, we'd done a few energetic exercises. And the last thing in the afternoon, he channeled a message from St. Germain, who had said that, uh, and how, how right he was, uh, prophesying that... Um, humanity was going to be going through a massive transformation and change and a move from our sort of three-dimensional world into a five, uh, fifth dimensional space of love and unity and that type of thing. And we needed lots of energy and lots of uh, tools to do that. And one of those was the violet flame. So that there had been as much energy raised in that day that the violet flame chakra for the, for the world, the earth chakra had been grounded and started to burgeon and open. And as he said, this he talked about where it was and he said it's on Leith Hill, not that far from where we are. I my whole body tingled and I started to shake. Um, main reason for that is that I lived on Leith Hill for 20 years, it was my childhood home. So, from the, um, from uh, the age of five till 23, 24, when we moved away, and um, it was I, I loved I've always loved the hill 
as uh, a space. So it, the hill itself is the highest point in the south of England. It's, it's on the South Downs. You can stand on top of it. So you can just see behind me, there's a little picture here of the tower. Um, there's this sort of uh, lovely, beautiful um, Victorian brick-built uh, tower there. Actually, it goes all the way back to uh, 1765. And you can stand there and you can look straight south and see the sea on a good day in Shoreham Gap, 26 miles away. And if you look north, you can see um, the archway of, of Wembley, the, the uh, football stadium. So you can see London. Um, so it's it's very high up. It's very open. There's beautiful um, uh, views and vistas. And I, I lived there. I was, I was very lucky to be um, to be there all that time. And in my sort of unraveling of my journey myself, I've had lots of, of uh, challenges as many of us have on the path have. And if I was having a good day, then I go up onto the hill and sing across the valley. And if I was having a bad day, I go off and shout across the valley and say to the universe that it sucked and it was rubbish. And the universe would do what the universe does and shrug its shoulders and go, well, you've got free will. You do what the bloody hell you like. Um, crack on and learn the lessons and move on. Um, but when the, uh, Ed, um, brought this message forward, as I said, I started to shake and I was very emotional. I started to cry uncontrollably with joy because I finally knew one of the reasons why I'd had lots of opportunities to go to lots of different places. Uh, but I'd always been drawn back to living not that far away from the hill, being able to access it relatively easily. So we had to pack the chairs up and put tables away and I was continued to crying and people saying goodbye and not really noticing uh, this huge lump of a man just crying and, and carrying tw 20 chairs and that sort of thing. Um, and Ed had a, a, an appointment to go up to London. I think he was going to see Doctor Who exhibition or something. So he was very excited and didn't really pay a lot of attention uh, to anything really. He was really in the zone of getting going. That night I couldn't sleep at all. Um, about five in the morning, I decided to drive up to the hills. I, I was living about an hour away. So I got there about six in the morning. And I started to walk from a car park up the path, which I'd taken a million times. The, the hill itself was my playground as a child. So I, I know the hill, I know the energy, I know the, the sort of the, every lump and bump really of it. Um, and I got hit with this energy, um, which literally, rather than, because people now, the kids, kids nowadays, bless them, they literally use literally incorrectly. They use it figuratively rather than literally. And I prefer if people would use literally, literally, because that's what it's literally supposed to mean. I was literally knocked to the ground. This is not easy for somebody my size. Um, many, many have trialed, tried, and many have failed. And I got knocked on my back by this energy. Clairvoyantly, I could see it was... Uh, this energy was swirling around me so quickly. It was it was very bizarre and um, very excited, this huge energy. It was like, I don't know if you've seen the Flintstones. At the beginning of the Flintstones, when uh, Fred gets home and he sort of opens the door and shouts for Wilma and Dino, the little pink purple dinosaur comes running at him and knocks him over and starts licking his face. It was just like that. And um, it was the energy of the silver violet dragon who was, uh, as the, the chakra had started to open, this energetic guardian had uh, also sort of been awoke, bless her. And um, so she greeted me uh, and is, is actually been, um, is now my uh, energetic patron, my dragon patron. She's, uh, I've got a, an image of her tattoo. I've got lots of tattoos. So I'm quite, I'm, I'm, I'm a very different color than I was last time you saw me. Um, I, I said to some of the kids that I used to teach that I had smurfitis because uh, I was going through the, the having the tattoos done and it would get further and further up my arm. Uh, but on my back, I've got this big um, a, a tattoo of her, of the dragon, silver violet dragon, but she greeted me like a, a long lost friend because we had been, we, we all have a dragon familiar 
uh, as we have a dragon, uh, a guardian angel, and and uh, energetic team. But some of us don't necessarily know or work with them. But she came forward, very excited, and I was shaking uncontrollably and tears pouring down my face and that type of thing. Um, so she followed me all the way up to the top of the hill, and there's one particular point um, there which looks out across the valley, which I'd always gone to, I was always been drawn to, and I just sang um, random words you know some would say you know like slight speech or whatever it is or inokian or galactic language whatever it was i was singing at the top of my voice um and just calling and so grateful um and that was the start of it really um that was that was 2013 it was a it was quite remarkable i, I stayed up there um pretty much all day because it, it just i was so um filled with that energy and hope as well yeah wow what a story. I think I was there at that workshop. I think I've been to every Violet Flame workshop Edwin has done. Yeah. Over the over the years. And there's been a there's been a few. And yeah, one of my email addresses is Silver Violet Flame. Because mm. <laughs> I just I just I just love that energy. I just wanted to mention Edwin Courtney um, so that people can can go and look him up if they want to. I know he's got um He's got a great profile on Instagram. And what's his website, Kieran? Can you remember? Uh, it's uh, edwincourtney.co.uk. Oh, right. Oh, good. It's very simple as that. That's, that's There's, uh, this is um, teaching school as well, which is Ipsissimus, which is like Mississippi. It's very difficult to spell. Uh, but if you can go to edwincourtney.co.uk, then you'll find lots of information about him. He does all sorts. And uh, this last year, his um, uh, online workshops have, have Skyrocketed, skyrocketed, and he produces the most yeah. beautiful digital art as well. So this um, this lethal version over here, which I've got, is a, a, a the mandala about the tower and the hill, which I'll probably give you a close up of in a bit. Um, it's a really it, he produced the most incredible art. He's a, a lovely guy, and I was very lucky to have him as my teacher um, for for a long, long time, and a great friend of mine. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a fantastic teacher, and he is. I can I think I can make him responsible for introducing me to the ascended masters and how I ended up on the path that I'm on mm. if I hadn't been for Edwin I don't I don't think I'd be where I am so yeah, you know me too. yeah he's a great teacher and it's brilliant he's doing so much stuff online mm. now as well so he can reach a wider audience because we were kind of being a bit greedy keeping him to ourselves I think in the UK <laughs> yeah hiding him away in a small um small workshop space in in the south <laughs> south of England <laughs> But now he's out and free to the, free to roam. We've released him back into the wild, and he can <laughs> change people's lives as he does. Awesome! I love man. that. I love that. What was it? Is there a significance to the fact that you got a silver violet dragon? Yeah. So, um, uh, so this, I'll just um, go through the the timeline, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more. So, after the the initial um, opening up of the energy uh, in that place, the silver violet dragon. Uh, the, the silver violet version of the violet flame for me is a, a divine feminine energy, soft and gentle. It's a receptive rather than the sort of more um, masculine and more direct uh, golden violet flame, for example, which would be Saint Germain's. Uh, or and this, these are the, the the energies that I work with in my version of the violet flame work. So um, silver violet dragon is is feminine in nature, soft and gentle, receptive, and that's my energy. Uh, 
I am a big lumpy bloke. I, I would be quite at home running through the hills of, of Denmark with, with the Danes, you know, with an axe in my hand screaming for Valhalla. Uh, I would look like that anyway, but I'm very softly spoken, as you can hear. I'm, I have a, a soft, gentle energy. Um, incredibly uh, lucky to to be connected with that. I'm a, a priest of the goddess as well. There's not that many priests of the goddess. So even though I'm uh, 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 quite a physical guy, then I have that divine feminine energy. My work and my path is about balance, the balance of masculine and feminine energy. So it works beautifully that I am it's physically the way I am and I can be quite, you know, I look quite intimidating, but as soon as I open my mouth, there's that soft gentleness. And um, like you were saying, when we first just opened the Zoom and have a little chat, you know, I, I've got a calming voice and just sort of seem to smooth things around. So the energy of the silver violet dragon is all about that. And I've actually got a a, um, a beautiful dragon carving, which a friend of mine gave me, which is a lavender amethyst, which very much epitomizes that energy and connects with that energy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's soft and gentle, protective, motherly, but in the same ways, um, uh, a mother lioness around her cubs, she will play with them. She'll protect them. But if anyone tries to, you know, uh, attack them or, or she will defend them with their life and the, that, um, powerful warrior comes through as well. And the dragon is for the hill is very much that guardian energy, you know, the, um, the people going there to do work. And, and in the past, I know from um, sort of history that, that there's been some less than love and light and rainbows and unicorns work performed up on the hill. It has been a, a hotbed for uh, for more nefarious energies. Lethal Place, which is the house that I grew up in, which is a, uh, a national trust property, which is open to the public, which is very weird because, you know, I can actually give people guided tours around the house where I used to live and um, show them all the sights and sounds, which is lovely. It was a bit weird because uh, we, we moved um, in 98 after my dad passed. Unfortunately, he died of cancer. So we left the house, and I had, about 10 years ago, I went back and took a group there, and I gave people a guided tour around my childhood home, which is very strange. Uh, it was quite funny when the lady behind the desk asked me if I wanted a guidebook. <laughs> so I'm fine, thank you. But the house itself, the, uh, the basement there was there's a, 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 um, a sort of burgeoning of a pool of green ray energy, very primal, um, uh, sort of. Um, not, pagan isn't the right word because it's a, it's it's like a pr- primitive sexual energy that's there, and uh, so I'm pretty sure that some of the members of the uh, not the Hellfire Club, because the Hellfire Club, um, you know, a couple hundred years is uh, no, but well known as being quite a den of iniquity. And uh, but a sort of a scaled down version of that, you know, of, of ritualistic um, uh, orgy and and excess uh, of all things um, carnal and physical. So I'm pretty sure that some of the energy have, have, have gone up to the hip, top of the hill to use that space. Um, so that, that that echo is was was there, but when the violet flame started to open, it just was transformed uh, instant, almost instantaneously. Um, so in the, the following years, so the various groups helped to sort of nurture the flame. We were breathing breath into this soft, very small, guttering flame, um, and uh, lovely people like uh, Diana Savile and Barbara Stone, Diana Summer. They took groups up there, and we were doing. Um, guided to sort of help to do that. And on uh, 2015, Ed and I went up there just to have a wander around. He'd never been actually been up on the hill. 
And um, it was really interesting because he would, he's very energetically sensitive, as you know, so we were wandering around and we, we, we were going to be running a workshop there, a retreat for the weekend. And so we wanted to get the lay of the land, literally. So he'd done some ley line maps, which are really interesting. The ley line sort of coming together there is, is um, he said the only place that he's seen that's like it is uh, Glastonbury. And there is a, a very strong energetic connection and overlay between Leithen and Glastonbury as well, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But these um, sort of energetic pockets were were popping up. So the place where I'd always been to sing out, to, to, to release my troubles and fears or gain inspiration uh, was revealed as a, a an elemental point connected with the element of air. So the sort of energy was spiraling out into the into the clouds because you were up in the clouds. We were nearly uh, um, 960 feet above sea level. Um, so 340 meters, something along those lines. So it's a long way up and you can see out across the valley. And so as we walked around, these different places revealed themselves. So it turned out that there was each of the elements, earth, air, fire, water, spirit, and then the um, the sort of extension of that, which was unconditional love and universal change, a, a, a different energetic spots there. So over the weekend, we, we um, would take people to that point. We were doing uh, guided meditations, for healing and clearing and uh, and subsequently over the last three, four years, I've taken groups up there and these energetic places have revealed their, their real nature, the very sort of um, essence of, of what they are and how to work with them. Um, so I'm in the process of uh, gathering all that information together and, you know, helping to sort of package it up so that people can, can access it, even if they can't get to, the hill itself in in the physical I'll be doing online. I'm doing an online course actually on 21st of March about each of the elemental places and all of the different bits that go with it. Uh, And the the joy about doing a virtual tour is you don't have to walk for 20 minutes in between the places. You can just click a slide and go, right, this is the first point. This is the second point without having to walk between it and having to stop. So everyone can have a wee and that type of thing in the bushes and stuff. So, uh, but the, 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 the elemental points, um, as well are fascinating because, um, the different vibrations of the violet flame there really show themselves in the different aspects. People may think of the violet flame as just being a single strand of energy. And this idea that we're talking about with the silver violet flame as well, and, um, the, the work that you do with Lady Sarah and, and things like that. There's many different vibrations. My great friend, Joan Osborne, uh, does a whole workshop about the violet rainbow, which is a combination of uh, the Archangel Azrael and uh, Melchizedek's energy, which is a a whirling uh, vortex of energy, a a rainbow of violet light. So um, there's so many different facets to it. It's such a fascinating energy. Yeah, I love it. Yes, me too. Me too. That's where I started on my spiritual journey before... I did anything else. I sat and did a violet flame meditation for two years. Before, and I've just, you know, and I have had memories of being in Atlantis, working with the violet flame, being a priest. And over, it's in so many different esoteric systems. It's amazing how it just crops up over and over again. And, yeah, I've always been a bit obsessed with, mm-hmm. the, with, with, with the violet flame. So, um, But I remember, I mean, Leith Hill, so you know, because that's the area I I I lived in from. Oh, I can't remember when I when I moved to Surrey, but I used to go there before this happened, and you know, because it's a nice place to go with the kids or whatever, and it's lovely nature. And I used to feel there was something there that I was looking for, and I didn't find it, and I'd be like, 
oh, I always come away a bit disappointed. And then when it opens up this this chakra it was like the energy shifted and like over the years it's just got better and better and like the last time I went there I was like oh my god I was always looking for something here and this was it I it was almost like I knew it was it was it was coming and the energies have really shifted there and it you know and I imagine they've shifted again because it's been you know a couple of years now since I've been in the in the UK I mean what do you think the if 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 you were to say what the overall purpose of it is what would you say it is well I think um it's epitomized by a a little battle that opened up so the hill itself has a a potential for um deposits of uh oil underneath it so back in the 80s when I was uh, a young man they were doing test drilling down there and one morning when we were driving the bus to school, the bus driver stopped to go around a corner up in cold up in Cold Harbour. And we all looked at, why have you stopped? And the road had split and the side of the hill had flipped. So there was a, a metre and a half gap between where, where the road was and then it, you know, because it had dropped that much. It's now called Landslip Car Park, ironically. And they didn't do anything with it until probably 2011, 2012, interestingly, um, and then they started the the oil company started to go through the process of uh, applying for licenses to to do fracking there, and it, it whipped up a storm in the local community that they had these test pits. They were they were trying it out. They were working through, and it 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 was amazing to to see that the, the the response in the community. So for me, the energy is all about this transformation of change, about revelation. We are at the moment going through this big transition of moving from us, our old world, our old way of thinking, the three-dimensional world, the commercialism, the, the greed, and, you know, this is mine and everybody else can bugger off from having all of the stuff and all of the toys and all of the things. We have to get to a point where we move to sharing our resources, sharing our wealth, sharing our food, sharing our spaces. This idea of transformation, change, um, is something for me that the Violet Flame is all about. It's about bringing balance is about moving to a point of unity and understanding to break down the barriers of what is effectively for those people that draw all that stuff to themselves they have a an unfulfilled need within themselves they have a a a gap or a lack of self-love they think that they get all the shiny things and everyone will love them or they'll be happy and um they won't they'll just be somebody with lots of shiny things and uh, an empty sadness in their heart, which can't be filled, a hunger which doesn't go away. So for me, the Violet Flame is all about working through that. I do um, uh, a free Violet Flame healing and have done all the way through the coronavirus uh, lockdown to help people to transform, to alchemize. Alchemy is another thing because I'm doing. Uh, I'm an alchemist as well. So it's about that transformation of energy, um, of, of fear, of worry, of anxiety. I've Myself, I've had a lot of uh, issues with all of those things, with anxiety especially and depression. And working with the Violet Flame has really helped me to to, to, to even those things out. They don't necessarily 100% go away or disappear, aware of them, but manage and work with them. And to help to really, um, to when, when challenges come up, uh, to, to be able to work through them, to use the Violet Flame to sort of change them and use them in a positive way. And this is what happened on the hill uh, in 2012. It was part of the Olympic cycling road race. Um, and so then the whole world in the last few years has started to ride and cycle up the hill. 
and people have gone there in the hundreds, which has been fantastic. There's a bit of makes my eye twitch because I I, I do very much have a, a a very personal ownership of the hill, you know. So I had to give that up, and I think oh, it's wonderful for humanity. My my sort of broad spiritual hat goes. Oh, it's lovely. It's so many so many people here, and they're imbibing in the vibrant flame, and their transformation and change, and they feel better. And the little golden part of me goes, get off my hill, you bastards! It's mine. It's my precious. Um, but I have to to let go of that and give it out into the world because it's not mine. You know, I live there. I have a, a very in depth and very unique um, uh, understanding and 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 uh, connection with the hill. It's it, the hill itself saved my life on more than one occasion when I was battling through depression uh, and and that type of thing. Walking on the hill, being in the environment with the flora and fauna before the energies of the hill, uh, the violet flame awoke. But even so afterwards, um, it's, it was a, a massive place which has been so instrumental in, in um, saving my life and changing my life and helping me get to a point where I can show the energy and space to others. So it's about that transformation and change. People in the last year especially, uh, with, with our lockdown and with the challenges of, of the world in which we live, the um, sort of environmental crisis, the crisis of commerce and capitalism, the, um, the, the, the blonde lunatic era, as well, without mentioning any specific names. Um, the, they are the death throes for me of this three-dimensional world. They represent the old school, the misogynistic, selfish um, idiots. And they have to, 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 to stop now. They just have to. And so with the violet flame is the energy that we're using to help to change those things, release those things. Because those people are, are very sad individuals when you get down to it, when you break down the barriers of the posh suits that they wear and the helicopters that they fly around in or whatever it is. They are very lost and lonely souls. So instead of, uh, uh, this is something I've worked through, instead of hating them for being idiots, I've had to work very hard in in sending love and light to them. And one of the little exercises which I've done, which has been very effective, I found is that if I can't send any respect and love to them as adults, because it's very difficult, I send it to them as children, because having worked as, a, as in schools for 20 years, I, I sort of moved to that point because, well, what must have happened to them in their childhood that they are so sad and lonely that they have to basically throw their toys out of their pram? You know, that's what Trump did when he was inciting the riots out in in, uh, in America last month or whenever it was. He was throwing his toys out of his pram. You know, he's he's got a lot of money, he has a lot of toys, he has a lot of power. He believes he has a lot of power. He's just... Um, there's a, one of my favorite songs in the world is a leaders of the free world by a band called elbow. They're brilliant. And it talks about the leaders of the free world. And my favorite line is the leaders of the free world are just little boys throwing stones. And that's all they are. They believe that they have power, but they are just little boys throwing stones and stamping their feet and saying, oh, I want, I want, I want. And that has to change. Otherwise humanity is buggered for the want of a better word. Um, and uh, now is the time. So the, the energy burgeoning up from 2012 all the way through to now, uh, and obviously with all the work that you do as well and other people, it's about that transformation and change and and, and getting to a point where the voice of, of the few and the belief of the many actually becomes the voice of the many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, love every, I love everything you're saying because, yeah, so I work with Sarah's Violet Flame and she has other energies but up until now, everything is just about the violet flame. And it's because there's so much we need to clean up. 
Mm. It's like you can't like bring, you can't get to the next layer. And like ecologically, there's so much kind of debris still around on the earth that is, you know, it's our response. Because people say, oh, well, the earth can clean it up. And, you know, I have several thoughts on that. One is, do we want to have to leave it to the earth because she might need to use quite extreme measures to clean it up. And two, actually, this is energy that's come from us not being in right relationship with the world. And it's our responsibility. And actually, we're coming into a place of mastery now where we can do these things mm. by working like collectively in co-creation with things like Leith Hill, Sarah's violet flame, you know, all these, all these things that we are now like being given as tools. We can actually clean this mess up. We can, we can do it. Yeah, we can. And we do. And it does make a difference. I'm very much of the opinion that, that, um, like you were saying, so Mother Earth can, can work through these things, can repair the damage. Absolutely. It may take 200,000 years, 300,000 years. You know, uh, it may take longer, but and she will be fine. And which is why I'm saying that 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 this ecological and environmental crisis isn't a crisis for Mother Earth necessarily. It's a crisis for humanity, because what won't survive is humanity uh, in the way that it is now. The the, um, the the species of birds and animals and insects and and fish and things like that may will adapt and survive. Many will become extinct. But others will adapt and survive and change. And and but our world at the moment, humanity at the moment, won't. We won't be in this within in the world the way that we are. When the coronavirus hit, and and the lockdown first lockdown hit here, which was probably just over a year ago or just around a year ago now, I was knocked sideways by this wall of fear and anxiety. I had physical symptoms as well. I could hardly breathe. I was shaking with nervousness. Now, I have been a very nervous person in the past, but I work very hard to be calm and relaxed. And my energy generally is, you know, stills things in a room and people chill out and calm down. Um, but I, I, it took me a while to understand it because I wasn't afraid of the lockdown or the virus. I would, I'm not worried about being on my own in the house for six months. I'm quite happy. I'm quite a solitary person. So this wall of fear, and it took me a while to work out that it was a collective fear of, of consciousness, that humanity was going, oh my God, what the hell are we going to do? What's going to happen? So I was working on, on helping to transmute that, hence the, the online work that we were doing to bring that change about. My other um, the work that I do, one of the other areas where I work is, is with Soul Rescue, releasing earthbound spirits who haven't got the chance to return back to the light, their divine source, whichever version of it that they is. And in that, I was guided a couple of years ago to start working uh, with uh, the lovely and wonderful and powerful Shirley Flint to work to clear the energy of purgatory, because purgatory itself is a is a, a construct which was there to help the transition for souls who were lost and hadn't ended their life in a positive way or or uh, be able to immediately make the transition back to the divine light, whichever way it is, or back to the soul Um uh, seed and 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 that type of thing and it was supposed to be like an energetic hospital where they could re review their life work through the issues become a little you know uh, uh, and and be able to move on with the the sort of shift of um the the church using it as a place of hell and damnation which is entirely a church construct the the idea of um the burning in hell is is not a 
a pagan thing or an old world thing. It was a construct of the church thing to, to scare the producers out of people to do what they believe to be the right thing, which is one of my many issues, makes my eye twitch very much. Um, but they actually corrupt the energy of purgatory itself from this sort of energetic hospital into a place of fear and worry and sadness and that type of thing. And we talk about clearing up the mess and whose responsibility it is. The last couple of years, especially, I've been guided to do a lot of work to clear up the mess of that space, the 1500 years of fear and worry and, and energy that's been poured into, um, into that place has marred the very fabric of that place itself. And so when we opened th those gates that and poured love and light and energy in the violet flame was instrumental in that change. When we go down there now, one of the levels uh, is, is things are starting to grow, the, 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 the um, flowers and trees are starting to blossom, water's flowing, and we're working our way through the levels and, and revealing that. But it's very much of my belief that this fear which was poured into there was a man-made thing. It wasn't the original plan. So we have to clean it up. The mess that we have with commercialism, with corruption, with capitalism, with this selfishness on all levels, emotionally and, and uh, monetarily and, and through possessions, is a man-made thing. And, you know, with, They sell fear so that people will buy more shit. Yes. So they can surround themselves with shit and have a castle yes. full of shit that they don't really need and don't really want. And there's still this nagging urge and this fear and this emptiness in their soul that they can't get rid of. And they still think they can fill it up with a nice car and some um, lovely curtains, which, which you can't. You have to work on yourself. It's the same as shadow work and working with the, the, the perceived sort of darker aspects of ourselves, which aren't darker at all. They're just the primal aspects or the more fundamental aspects. They are vital to our move forward. We have a positive working relationship with them, then we can rediscover that power. And again, this is something that church took away because they took everything down there. Everything down is evil and nasty and horrible. The shadow, you know, and demonizing these these things. But it's not. If we can have a positive working relationship, we can understand our nature and power. Then we we don't need them and the control that which they bring. Uh, and again, the violet flame is instrumental in in that challenge transformation change and alchemy and uh, for me especially it's had, had a, a dramatic and trans uh, tremendous uh, change in my life mm, absolutely would you would you describe yourself as a guardian of leith hill it was one of the so uh, it was one of the things on that that first day when the dragon knocked me knocked me flat on my back and um, was you know slathering me with violet energy and and a little bit of uh, ectoplasmic saliva um the, the Merlin came through and said, you know, because I was wondering, God, I, I knew that there was a reason why I hadn't gone too far away. Um, and he said, you, you, are, you, you are and always have been the guardian of this place. I'm not the only guardian. There are, there are other people that would have very much an ownership of the energy. Um, and custodianship rather than ownership is probably a more uh, better phrase. But uh, yeah, I would class myself very much as a guardian of the place because uh, I, my very DNA is in that place. The blood, sweat, and tears, all of the the positive and more challenging emotions that I've ever felt have been poured into that place. Um, and uh, for for part of that, the you know the soul song that I sing is 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 the song of the violet flame. It is it, it is uh, all of me. I am massively invested in that place every step of the day and i love taking groups there and doing walks and talks there um 
I, I, I love the place itself. My, I, I met my um, fiance there. She came on a workshop for Violet Flame workshop with me. We proposed to her there. Um, and so we are hopefully get married now that lockdown's easy. We're hopefully get married in a, a couple of months, which would be fantastic. It, as I said, it was my childhood home and playground. Uh, but as an adult, it is, it is, you know, giving back to that environment, being the guardian is making sure that people get to hear about it, get to see it, get to experience the energy to reveal to the people that are ready. Some of the, the secrets of it, some of the, um, the magic, the, the hill itself is also a, a, a very powerful place for the elementals. There are, uh, the environment itself is, is mostly untrammeled. The fracking that I was talking about before, when I tuned in and, and consulted St. Germain about it, he said, if they decide to go through with it or not, they will raise awareness about the problem. But if they do frack on the hill, there will be an environmental disaster, which will be terrible. But what it will do is open people's knowledge and understanding to the dangers of that energy and, and the fracking in the process, and it will stop. So ultimately, it would be a positive thing because fracking wouldn't happen at other other places in the country, but would be in but would be a disaster. The tower itself, the Lethal Tower, represents the tower card in the tarot, that destruction as well. So it's not just the tower tower card in the tarot can be seen as a very negative thing. But in my world, this destruction, this breaking down of the barriers actually reveals new things. The times when I've been there, when I had a, a nervous breakdown, one and two, uh, I, t I tend to call them breakthroughs rather than breakdowns now. It's a breaking down of the psyche so that new things can be born there. And that's what happened to me. Um, it's, and so the hill is, is connected with that. That's just fundamentally. brilliant. I love that. I just, I mean, I love that, that, that yeah. tower card. That just like, that just makes so much sense to me because um, when I started working with the Elder Futhark and working with the runes, I was given a talk on Sarah's Violet Flame and I said, right, well, I'm going to pull a rune now. I'm going to see what comes through. And it was Tours, which is the one that looks like a thorn. Yeah. And that is the energy of destruction. And I was like, oh, my God, it is, it is a death energy. And we're, mm. we're, we're frightened of that. But it's a death energy that because, you know, working with the runes, it's, it's so clear how the creation and the destruction are one thing. Mm. You can't separate. You can't separate them. We do, no, but but yeah, they're, they're, they're the Arubras. I've got I've got the Arubras tattooed on me here. Yeah, you know, this this dragon or serpent that bites the same tail. It is part of the same process. Yeah. The um, one of the reasons Archangel Azrael is connected with the energy is because he's the angel of death and rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in 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 many old cultures, uh, you know, across across Mother Earth. The, the fear of death isn't there because it's the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And if we, we think of a yeah. death here as a, as a birth somewhere else. Yeah. The energy that's drawn into the black hole at the center of our galaxy will be creating for me, it will be creating another universe in another dimension. Uh, exactly. The energy of the violet flame is, is fundamental to that. Yeah. So yeah, things change, they, 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 things die, but nature is all about death and rebirth. You know, the whole red of tooth of claw, things die, things are born, is a never-ending cycle. They don't get caught up in the fear about it. The mm. 
the bulbs, the plants, the crocuses that are, are alive now, they're pushing through and alive. They're alive for three, four weeks, then they go back to sleep. You know, they effectively die for the rest of the year, then they are born again. And the cycle continues. And if we can get to the point where we can connect enough with our soul energy to realize that when we get to the end of our physical life here, we'll move on to another place. Um, then death loses its sting. Mm. And it was, again, it was something created by the church to make people fearful so that they would try and be righteous and kind and generous in this lifetime, which is lovely. But also they would give all their money to the church to, to forgive all of their sins so that they would be um, uh, powerful uh, and, and, and get a lot of, gain a lot of wealth and shiny things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, I, I don't want to be seen to be, um, you know, organized religion bashing, but they are responsible for a lot of, of uh, sadly, a, a lot of conflict in the world. I watch a lot of programs, um, a guy called Tony Bourdain, who, who's a, a chef, and he, he goes around the world tasting different meals and talking about the culture and the politics. And for most of the conflict in the world, it is based around religion. And that, for me, that's heartbreaking. People should be able to believe what they believe, to follow a doctrine which they want to follow, and to be happy in that, and not judge other people by theirs. Uh, he said, judging Christianity or, or the church uh, quite a lot, um, but that's my my uh, sort of uh, the barriers and boundaries that are put up. The, the evidence is there that it's it's a very challenging thing. So, from a spirituality point of view, spiritual point of view. You know, we can let people do what they do and try to inform. And this is the other thing that I do. I try to inform people and, and help them to understand that behind the the rule books is a fundamental belief that it's all the same. Mm. Be good to people, be kind, be generous, give what you can give, be understanding of people in their challenging times and try and help whoever you can help. Mm. Um, for me, it all goes back to like a, a religion is like a, a sport. You know, I'm a big fan of rugby, having Welsh heritage, I, I like football. I like lots of other sports, but I'm not going to have a fight with somebody about which sport is better than another sport because basically they're the same thing. People get together and in lots of cases they chase a ball around, they score points. One scores more points than the other points. And religion is exactly the same. <laughs> it's, a, it's a way of believing and understanding and finding a place in the world. And we should all be able to do that without hundreds of thousands, millions of people being persecuted and killed Yeah. for yeah. believing that one rule book yeah. is better than another rule book. Yeah, and different because, ones suit different people. Yeah, and maybe maybe I'm making it. Yeah, maybe I'm making it too simple. But for me, it's just like a yeah. an analogy of rule books and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thinking about the the Guardian thing that I was asking you that because like I just wanted to talk about this this um, idea that so people are guardians of pieces of land, and they might know they are. They might not know that they are but they have a particular energy connection to those pieces of land. So like if someone was looking at them like clairvoyantly, they would sort of see that these people in the land are like almost like woven Mm. together. And it means that you can like draw it through you and use your will, your higher will to direct that piece of land because you have this like symbiotic um, relationship. And, also, so, you know, people who are like, um, like uh, I was interviewing Tor Webster a few months ago and he's a tour guide at um, Glastonbury. He has a real deep connection to the land. So people like him and like you and also like me, where where I live, 
we can be a bridge to connect people to those energies because we are kind of the land <laughs> mm. and the land is us. You know, it is, it is a real like marriage, if, 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 if you like, of, of energy, which has, you know, that has pros and cons. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, uh, with the, the, the dragon I have tattooed on my back, Silver Violet Dragon, she's in a, an infinity loop symbol actually very much like my my t-shirt and in the center she's holding a sphere and that sphere she holds uh, what is a depiction of leith hill so it was very important to me to have that part and it actually sits right slap bang parallel with my heart chakra the energy of the hill itself and i are fundamentally linked yeah the 100 i can as i said with all of the trials and tribulations that i've been through with all of the the love the fear the sadness the energy that i poured into the hill itself is fuel to the fire to helping the flame to ignite for my fundamental wish to transform and change and be uh, and overcome the challenges which i've come through were fuel for that fire and used and worked with them as well lethal as well has a an ancient goddess connected with the hill called etherly so leith hill itself is um uh has an older name called etherly hill wow. and she Etherly is the goddess of the hill. She was venerated, um, you know, a couple of thousand years ago by the the ancient tribes. Very much a local goddess, and she she came through um, with Ed when we were doing a, a workshop up there. She was guardian of the hill. She was guardian of the the sort of the egg, the energetic egg of the violet flame before it was ready to awaken. And um, if you if you break down the word Etherly, it's ether lay. So the ethereal ley lines, there are, you know, earth ley lines that run through the place, but there's energetic ley lines out into the, the cosmos as well. The energy, uh, I'm connected very much with the energy of, of Sirius, which had just like another sort of primal version of violet flame. In um, ancient Egypt, the uh, priests and priestesses would venerate Sirius and their energy would draw through. And they, they, it was like it was a, was a version of the violet flame, their version of it, this transformation of change. The um, the dog days, the Syrian days, there represented this time where the the the, the land, the the energy was very strange. It was very fickle. It could cause plague and pestilence, or it could bring prosperity, depending on the the, en- the energy and the nature. Um, so, you know, I go all the way back to that point. Ed told me in the previous life I was that high priest Iachen. So my connection with this energy is is built into my energetic DNA as well as my physical DNA, and you know this if the ethereal ley line. So the, the work I'm starting to do now is more of a in the alchemy I do is more galactic, more cosmic. So I'm connecting with the, the grids out into the the um, the solar system and beyond, working uh, with that energy and drawing that in. Um, and any of the work that I do whether it be the soul rescue work, whether it be uh, holding the light, which I'm doing at the moment, which is just drawing energy down so that we can bring about positive change for people and humanity and our uh, government systems and our capitalist society, is to bring that energy down to transformation and change. So anytime I start, I start and I breathe in the energy of the violet flame and it draws me to the top of Leith Hill. Mm. Yeah, it, it is almost an embodiment like you were saying about being there being the hill um uh, i'm about this we're about the same sort of size to be fair so <laughs> i'm slightly less slightly less bricky at the top to be honest 
So tell us but, more uh, about your online your online thing that you're starting on the 21st of March. So we got, I'm doing a, a virtual tour of, of the hill. Um, I would I have and will run when we get out of lockdown uh, workshops over the whole weekend to visit each of the elemental points, do some energy work with each of them, the different flavors, if you will, of uh, and streams of energy. But the virtual tour is a Zoom meeting, uh, online meeting, where I've got hundreds of pictures and uh, we should be showing people the places, showing the energy where it is and doing some of the energy work there. So um, different uh, elemental points, talking about the connections, as I said, uh, between these these elemental places, the angels associated with them, the element, the advocates of the violet flame. There's, you know, each one of the seven points has a one of the uh, uh, archangels or ascended masters that work with them, and also working with the elementals as well. Um, one of the points, the the earth point, has a um, a staircase, energetic staircase that goes down, which is like a DNA strand. So there's two staircases down. One strand of that goes down to the crystal cave, an energetic crystal cave at the center of the hill, which is the the energy point. The seven-pointed star of the violet flame sits in this huge amethyst cave, and it burgeons and blooms when we we, we work with it. The other spiral takes us down to a, an energetic portal connecting to Morgan the Fay, to Lady Portia as a guise as High Priestess of Avalon. And I... Um, I'm going to use a fairly colloquial phrase, but when I was I was guiding people down for the first time in meditation there, I was drawn the wrong way down the spiral. So the staircase, there's a sort of um, a tree stump, but it just looks like a dragon's head. So we visualize this dragon's head opening up a little bit like the cave of wonders in Aladdin. You take the staircase down whichever way. And we were going down the wrong way. It was anti-clockwise. And I would sort of gone, gone the other way. And there was this doorway in front, I'm describing this, and this sort of opaque glass front and as the energy started to fade, it became a doorway to the elemental realm, uh, very much like sort of Maleficent type fairies flying, the undines and things dancing in the water, elementals all over. And the, the queen of the fae came through and chan- I channeled a message from her. Um, and as I said, uh, the colloquial phrase is I shut myself because I couldn't believe that this had happened. I've always been connected with the, the elemental energy, as I said, I've always, uh, uh, you know, a child of that forest running around, connecting and running and playing with them. I used to be able to see them when I was very small. But she gave this message of hope, uh, which was so beautiful. The crux of it is that with the energy of uh, the Arthurian legend and Glastonbury was the hope that uh, Arthur and Guinevere, when they were wed, would represent a unification of the Christian church, Arthur and Guinevere, the pagan or the earth-loving uh, goddess. Their energy was supposed to come together and bring about a unified, balanced energetic system, very similar to Lady Sarah in that principle of a unification of two very seemingly opposing energies but coming together to, to, to bring about beautiful balance. When the Arthurian legends, when uh, um, Arthur had to... Tried to, unfortunately, things went wrong, and uh, you know he had to uh, try to establish his masculinity according to his um, uh, advisors in the church. He tried to have Guinevere burnt at the stake. Lancelot came through and uh, rescued her and tore it away. The, the sort of battle lines were drawn then between the old ways, the magical ways, and the, and the Christian church, and it sort of tore it apart. The thought was then from the Queen of the Fairies, from 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 the, the uh, Morgan the Fay, was that that was irreconcilable that there would always be a fundamental difference between the 
the the sort of patriarchal church and the matriarchal uh, energies. But what she's saying now, uh, that I think that was twenty sixteen. Since then, the the opportunity is to redress that balance, to bring about a new Avalon, a new balance wave, which very much ties in with all of the work that you do uh, as well, talking about these balancing energies. And uh, having done a little bit of Lady Sarah's um, uh, work and and starting to get to know, I don't know very much at all, but this um, balancing energy is very much what I've always been about. So this unification was, was incredibly powerful. And again, we can see that in our society since 2012, since the opening of the Violet Flame, the, the shift and change in, in in sexuality and and gender identity has really delineated. There are so many different uh, versions of the, the, the more than the sort of stereotypical one man, one woman. You know, uh, freedom to be able to do that and acceptance in in many places of that is fantastic. And energetically, for me, it, it represents that breakdown of the of the boundaries and that strict um, pigeonholing. I've never been, I've always joked, I've never fit into a pigeonhole. I'm too big. There's too yeah. much of me to fit in a pigeonhole. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a breaking down of those barriers. And so it that is. energy represents that as well, which is very positive. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I love that. And that's something I'm going to be writing more about. Um, because years and years ago, somebody asked me to channel, um, who had a question about, was Sarah hermaphrodite or something? I can't remember exactly what it was, but I can remember what came out was she was that, and this was before all the gender fluid and you know all this kind of you know stuff. She said, "I am here for these people who are not one or the other, maybe both, somewhere in between, you know." And 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 um. I'm going to say, so I've been mad doing this podcasting lately. I've just been like, so like passionate about it. And then I'm going to have a break because I'm going to do some writing. And that's one of the things, because she's channeled stuff on mm. it. She is so an ascended, ascended light being to be a support for, mm. for those, for those people. And one of the things that represents her is the hawthorn blossom, the hawthorn mm-hmm. tree and the hawthorn blossom is neither male or female it's both (laughs) and I just love that I just absolutely I just absolutely love that but but going back to it feels like so you're doing this online tour of Leith Hill it feels like there's an expansion coming somehow that that you know it's been biding its time and doing what because you know because it takes a while doesn't it Mm. for these energies to settle and much longer than maybe for us because we have shorter lives and we're much smaller yeah Yeah. (laughs) it feels like something is about to happen to me do you get it does yeah that i think um, not just from from that point of view of the violet flame but also from compassion and this change in humanity it's going to be a big explosion we need an explosion of a love of positivity after lockdown eases and we get over this level of of restriction um, humanity has hopefully come to realize that even though we've lived these very small pigeonholed lives we need to expand out into remembering what humanity is all about hugging is what humanity is all about human interaction you know, I uh, I 
can't wait to to be able to see and hug my friends and my family, which I haven't been able to do for the best part of a year. There will be this explosion. Um, uh, David Attenborough talking about the ecological change that has to explode and change, and it hopefully will. And with all of this transformation, all of this change, working with the violet flame and its energies and whichever guys you work with will massively, I believe, massively help to transform and change and expand that consciousness. We um, need to leave the old world behind, the shadow, the sort of husk. If we use the serpent analogy again, we need to break that skin, that mold, and expand out into it. You know, it's it's people talk about, oh, yeah, we're going back to the... The, the you know the, the the way things were the, the old normal it's, it's a new normal but it's never going to be the same as it was and our versions of the violet flame and the light can really change that and if we want as individuals or as groups to to facilitate that then using the violet flame for me energetically i use it every day it's part of my protection it's part of my love if i, if I have a, a challenging emotion or thought that i use the violet flame all the time uh, it is, as you said, part of the DNA. And I think it should be part of a spiritual energetic toolbox for everybody that works energetically uh, to be able to use it. We can, um, I've been using it to clear and help to transform the, the, the very the sort of negative, fearful energy around hospitals and testing centers and, um, you know, the, the, the thousands and thousands of souls that are crossing over now to help to um, them to move over peacefully and to to release their fear and anxiety, the fear of of, of death and dying in this country, especially in, and in Europe, is massive. But on your own in a sterilised ward with plastic screens around you, not being able to, and for the families as well, those left behind, not being able to hold the hand of those people who are in such terrible pain and fear, is is a horrendous burden to bear. So we can use that to help to lift their spirits as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've had it, you've had it really rough over there in the UK and mm. I'm, you know, really sorry about that. It's been quite heartbreaking for me kind of watching it from a distance. And cause we closed down so early here in Denmark, mm. we, we just haven't had the same infection rates and we just, you know, we've had to deal with lockdown and that's sort of it really. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it, it does look like things are coming out a bit now and, we're hoping that this this yeah. um, roadmap out will be, uh, and it's long and it's slow and it's laborious and yeah, um, and people want it to be faster. But I think if we can keep it under control, then it will. For for us in this country, being you know having the heart chakra for the world as well, um, being the heart of the heart, you know, I think in some strange way, uh, it, it makes sense to suffer more, to transform more of that negative energy for for, for lots of other places. Yeah. Um, to be that point of, of, like you said, of sympathy, of empathy, of yeah. you know, of challenge as well. Yeah. So it, it is, it is a hard time, but and um, people have lost friends and family and not being able to see everyone. But we're hopefully coming out of that, and there will be this big explosion of love that comes out as well. And and as challenging as tragic as that transformation, that challenge has been, the explosion of love and positivity that comes out of it, I think, will be huge and and quite wonderful to behold when it happens yeah so how can people come and sign up for your leith hill workshop so um all of the stuff that i do is is put up as events on my facebook page which is the uh, at brother of dragons on facebook uh i have my website which is um 
brotheroddragons.co.uk that you can see a theme going through there as well. I'm on Instagram as, as the, the brother of dragons. Um, so if it's anything that you're looking forward to, if any of my work, brother of dragons is the, the way to go. It's my moniker. The title was gifted to me by the dragon collective for working with them. Um, and I'm very proud to be that, uh, which is why I wear the t-shirts all the time <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because I, I'm, 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 a, uh, I'm a big fan of them, their energy and yeah. the love that they, they are and they do. So if you want to find uh, and work with any of those things, I, I do free um, uh, violet flame work, soul rescue work, which is service work, which is again, another free event via Facebook live. Others um, are working with specific energies of the violet flame. As I said, the, the Leith Hill virtual tour days on the 21st of March, you can find all that information on my website or Facebook page. Yeah. Brilliant. And I'd really recommend that people come along and, and sign up for that. It feels like Leith Hill is ready to, you know, make all these connections like globally worldwide through all of you mm. out there who are these like walking chakra points. And um, Absolutely. Every, every heart center, every soul seed is a, is a, 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 a huge um, chakra of light, which we can connect the violet flame down through and out into the world. The more that we can do that, the more transformation change we can bring about, the more positive energy we can bring. I'm an advocate for, for that as much as I am for for the place itself. I, uh, getting to humanity to a point of of moving into a, a place of love and unity is is my ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and as I've it is been, for I've, many of us. I've been on Kieran's workshops, and he's absolutely fantastic very powerful priest and energy worker and you're very kind thank you yeah you're welcome you're welcome and it's just you know it just makes me so happy to to hear what you're you're doing because it's like I can see the need for it Mm. and know that wow somebody's doing this this is just brilliant we we need it so much so thank you yeah. Oh, you're welcome and thank you for, yeah. for for the opportunity to come and talk and like I said I do I do like to to um chat and to tell stories and I waffle but I'm so passionate about the energy of the flame that I forget what the question is a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> I do that I do that yeah. as well we haven't got to talk about the dragon so I think we're going to have to have you back another day Kieran <laughs> let's do that let's let's do a, a, a dragon specific uh podcast that'd be brand fantastic I can talk about those I've got enough um uh, workshop notes and uh, that type of thing. I think I worked out I could talk for three days straight uh, about dragons. Yeah, <laughs> and not just office hours, three days straight, like 72 hours. <laughs> Before we finish, would you like to just take us through a little violet flame meditation or something? I would love to. Okay, so um, a little violet flame meditation then. Okay, so just take a few deeper breaths. Just close your eyes and relax. As you take longer, slower, deeper breaths at your own pace, when you give yourself permission to be here in this space, as you breathe down into your heart center, send the thought out to your body and mind to be here. Help your muscles to relax as you breathe. Your bones, your ligaments and tendons, your blood and skin. Let your body really relax. As we do, I draw around us energetically a seven-pointed star in the ground 
around the chair upon which you sit. Connecting with the energies of the hill, the energies and advocates of the violet flame. This seven-pointed star gently glows with the beautiful energies, the rainbow colors of the violet light. At the points of each point of the seven-pointed star, a flame starts to dance and to move. Some of the flames, the violet light is deep purple, almost black, and others it is soft, gentle lilac, almost white. This represents the different energies, the different frequencies of love and light the violet flame has. And as we breathe, the seven-pointed star's energy and the fire and flames get stronger and brighter. The flame itself, the seven-pointed star, moves up into the air, parallel with the heart. It starts to move and spin end over end around us. It starts to move left to right and spin as well. Using all of the different moves, it creates this sphere of energy around us. The violet flames themselves leaving trails in the energy around our aura. It weaves a patchwork of colors, these beautiful chevron patterns mixing and moving together into the aura around us. The colors and the points of the seven-pointed star connecting with each of our main chakras. The violet flame itself connects and works with each of our spheres of consciousness and being. So a sympathetic fire starts to burn within these chakras, the energy of transformation and change on all levels mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. We keep in our minds and our emotions then, we ask this energy of the violet flame around us to focus energy inwards through the aura, into the chakras, into our energy system, into our hearts and minds, to cleanse and clear, to release transform and alchemize doubts and fears and worries we may have challenges we may face to turn those perceived fears and worries into light into love into happiness and excitement to acknowledge them release them from our chakra system then the chakras expand a little and this energy of the violet flame fills the aura and out now from the aura edge out through the strands that hold us into the web of the weird the beautiful energy out into the world the axitonal lines the flower of life and we send this violet energy out into the world around us, to our friends and family, to our loved ones, to the house and environment in which we sit, out into the world, the energy of transformation, of change, to burn away these fears for humanity at this moment, this time, this anxious time, this time of change, 
with our intent to bring about positive change for ourselves and for others, to be the change we wish to see in the world. For all of these doubts and fears and worries can be used as fuel to this fire and flame. The violet flame chakra in people sits upon the hairline above the brow center, almost like a higher brow. Focus your energy there for a moment. Then imagine the violet flame moving in an infinity loop upon the brow, reconciling the energies and bringing together the energies of our left brain and right brain, our logical and emotional sides, to balance these things together. The thoughts and dreams and fears that we give are fuel to this fire. They help this transformation and change burn more brightly and more strongly, more positively. Now we are drawn down to the heart center. And as the fire and flame expands the heart center, then our higher heart is revealed behind it. And within that, the center of that, the soul seed, the golden spark of our divine light the essence of our incarnation here upon this earth at this time. This golden light, then, we call upon to expand and fill those spaces left by the energy of the violet flame that has burnt away these doubts and fears, to fill that light in the chakras from our heart, up and down through the energy centers, the Shushumna line, the center of our being, up through the energy centers, up to the soul, star chakra high above your head and down into the earth star chakra beneath your feet. From the heart it expands this golden light, this golden violet flame in front of you, behind you, left and right, above and below, out into this sphere, the aura, filling those spaces, bringing peace and tranquility, helping us to breathe more easily, more peacefully, not just physically but on a soul level. And again, this golden light expands out in the axitonal lines, the flower of life, the web of the weird, the golden light out into the world to bring positivity into our environments, our friends and family and loved ones, to the world around us. Focus and let this energy transform and change for a short while. Violet flame in dodi mi, Violet flame vod good a mi, Sleeve flame violet trufi, Violet flame gueda, Violet flame in dodi mi, Violet flam vod good a me. Leave flam violet trufi. Violet flam gueda. Violet flam in dodi me. Violet flam vod good a me. Leave flam violet trufi. Violet flam gueda. 
violet flamin dodimi. Violet flamvod gudami. Cleave flam violet truofi. Violet flam gwetha. Violet flam in dodimi. Violet flam vod gudami. Cleave flam violet truofi. Violet flam gwetha. Violet flam in dodimi. Violet flam vod gudami. Cleave flam violet truofi. Violet flam gwetha. Violet flam in dodimi. Violet flam vod gudami. Flam violet truofi. Violet flam with all. Soft and gently, then, let this energy start to fade. Let the images and energies fade into the world around us. Let your energy system reset the chakras to the normal size, shape, colour and spin your aura back to its normal size and shape too. Breathe a little more deeply back into your body, send some energy down into Mother Earth to ground yourself, bring yourself back into the here and now. And when you're ready, grounded, protected, calm and relaxed, open your eyes and return. Beautiful, really lovely. Thank you so much. Was that a little bit of Welsh there? Yeah, it's. Um, I'd like to spell sing, to sing songs and that type of thing, and chants. And uh, I like to honour my Welsh heritage by, by doing that. Oops, sorry. Um, so I, I went through a phase of bringing lots of these things forward. I have one for the Lady of Silver as well, and one for the Silver Violet Dragon, which I use in the, the meditations, which I do as well. This one then is, um, it sounds very magic and mystical and lovely and ooh, uh, very uh, Arthurian. But uh, if you, you translate it to English, it's very simple. Violet flame, come to me. Violet flame, be with me. Violet flame, flow through me. Violet flame, heal. Which, if I were to sing that in English, would be nice, but it doesn't have the same impact as the the flowing language because people will yeah. not not then uh, latch onto the words because they won't know what they mean, so they just go with the melody and the the intent behind it. Mm. But also, it feels it feels it has that magic of like a an ancient sacred language in it. So it is one of the one of the yeah. um, the ancient languages. Is what is yeah. it is a magical language. Yeah. 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 So did you did you enjoy that? Uh, I think there was lots of smiling on your face as you were. <laughs> it was really, it, it was really, really, it was really lovely. And I don't know why, but I'm just left. One thing I'm thinking about. So where, where I live in Roskila, it's, um, it was the seat of Christianity when Christianity first came here, which was quite late compared mm. to the rest of Europe and the, and England. And there's a church 
that was built on top of a Grauhoi. It was built on top of like an ancient burial site on a hill. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a small hill because we don't have a lot of hills and mountains yeah. here in Denmark. <laughs> and it's called St. Jornsbjerg, which means the, the mountain of St. Jörn. It's not a mountain, but mm. there's this beautiful church there. And it's one of the first churches built here in the town. And it has this lovely frescoes in it and it has this really pure energy of like the christ light i don't particularly mm. like that word the christ light but i don't know mm. what else to to call it and there's a unicorn there's a fresco of the unicorn two unicorns mm-hmm. like together and there's a fresco of somebody that's called saint alnis but it's she looks like bridget she's in mm. front of a fine she's got all this red hair and it's just this Oh, it's just this love, fresh, compassionate energy. And I get the feeling that's like how Christianity started out. Mm. And then the mindset of the time of humanity sort of took over it. And especially when the 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 kind of the Protestant wave moved through mm. Europe and things got very punishing, it all went like that. Yeah. But this original yeah. pure energy is really lovely. And I actually feel you have that quite strongly. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. That that beautiful singing, it's just this, 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 because like, you know, in, things were quite harsh in Scandinavia, the old Norse, and I've studied mm. them quite a lot. And like the Celts, you know, they were quite harsh. Yeah. They needed that like beautiful compassion energy. And it's like, again, it's all about the blend. You know, we need all of it. We need mm. all of, all of, all of those things. And now we get to where we are in our evolution. Now we get to kind of pick and choose. The best yeah. of the best, and that that it, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just what what a privilege, actually. It is. I'm, I'm going through. I'm, I'm doing a lot of work myself now, um, reconciling the old ways because I'm very yeah. much have been connected with the old ways, the old gods. They, you know, I'm, I'm covered in runes and, uh, and and that type of thing with this new compassion, unity, love age, and the the pagan warrior in me, the the sort of Tewas, the spiritual warrior that warrior knight who, you know, in the, in the name of his gods would, would fight, would battle, would kill uh, and celebrate that. And, you know, drink the mead and dance the dances and sing the songs, reconciling with a much more peaceful, soft, gentle nature. Now is a bit of a challenge, which I'm going through at the moment, but yeah. it is, like you said, the opportunity to do that yeah. is incredible. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, oh, it's been so lovely to talk to you today, Kira, and I'm so glad I asked you. It was it's different. awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, very grateful too. It's been great, and look forward to to uh, having another another chat about dragons. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you everyone for listening. I know you will have loved all this as well and had a great time. So, come over to the Sacred You podcast page on Facebook or my rachelgoodwin.dk on Instagram, which is where I post about these podcasts and tell us what you thought. So have a great day, great evening, great night, wherever you are. That's bye from us. Lots of blessings. Bye. Bye. Kahapu, ke momo ni nehi.